Hello, and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast. Whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time, too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on the show from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the episode. Season 4, Episode 5, Beer Bad. <laughs> I, I mean, I would agree with that. Um, as somebody who doesn't drink, I have yet to meet an alcoholic beverage that I like, and even if I did, probably wouldn't drink it. I have sipped a you know a beer before, not my thing. Yeah, and as somebody who does enjoy you know a nice Caesar, aka Bloody Mary, as you would say in the states, uh, once in a while. Beer has never been my thing ever. I've never liked the taste, unless it's like a, a fruity beer, like a like a raspberry or strawberry beer. That's fine. So you're saying you never devolved into a cavewoman while you were at college? I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm looking forward to another college story with Steph in this episode. More college reminiscing. Uh, okay, this episode gets a lot of hate. Everyone hates this episode. I didn't hate it. I just think it was stupid. <laughs> I just don't think it was up to the caliber that we're used to. That's all. Okay, okay, but you don't have to answer this question right now. Let's maybe wait until we finish our discussion because maybe I'll change your mind. Is this not the worst episode of the series so far? No. I think season one, some of those episodes in season one are way worse than this one. No, that this this is my thesis for this episode, Steph. Okay, okay, Is that okay. Beer Bad is the worst episode of the series so far. Um, we'll see if I can convince you of that as we go through here. And if not, that's okay. But I, I'm with you in that it's not that I disliked the episode. There is not enough episode here to dislike. Yeah. I feel like the writer's room collectively had some kind of weird episode where they were just like, this is a complete story, right? And everybody else was like, yeah, yeah, this is totally a complete story. It's totally workable. And then somehow the entire cast and crew filmed it and somehow they edited it and nobody at any stage in this process pointed out that this episode doesn't make sense. Well, there's no point to it, right? It's just yeah. like, wah, wah. Well, but so the behind the scenes, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but they pitched this episode to get funding from a government organization designed to discourage teens from drinking uh, and they got rejected because the script... <laughs> was too, like, out there and supernatural, and uh, the organization didn't think that it would discourage teens from drinking, which I think, you know, good call organization. I feel like that was the right decision. So they didn't get the funding they wanted from this episode. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it's it's incohate is my, is my verdict. Um, but, oh. you know, at least we will have some fun discussing it yes i agree it's always these episodes right we've got this episode go fish well and and once again and i i'm just i'm gonna keep saying this because eventually i won't have to say it anymore and i'm i'm living for that day staff but once again season four xander not the worst guy in this episode by far you know, yeah, I thought that too. I was like, he's being a nice guy and not the nice guy that we despise. He's being an actual like friend. 
And he's looking out for Buffy the way he thought he was looking out for her in season two. He is verging dangerously close to heroism in this episode, Steph. Ooh, too close for my comfort, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's start, let's start. Buffy is beating up an Asian vampire, of course. (laughs) That's how it starts off. Uh, And, oh no, Parker's there. She's in the cemetery and Parker is like, Buffy, no, help me. And um, she's like, stay down. And two more vampires come out and attack her and Parker's like screaming. They're like attacking him. And like Charlie's Angels music is playing in the background. Yeah, it's this weird like synth pop electric music. And I noted that in my notes. I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's like the Matrix. This is... Yeah, this is not music yeah. that we hear on Buffy. And I understand, like, there's a reason for it. Honestly, yeah. this is probably, this may be the best scene in the whole episode. <laughs> Disagree. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, no, you're, no, you're right. You're right. I know now. I know what scene you're talking about now. Uh, yeah. This is the second best scene of the episode, though, because the music does make sense after a while. But it, yeah, it gave me flashbacks to, like, uh, like late 90s early 2000s action movies right where they would play that kind of yep. music it's like din, 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 din. so uh buffy is it's a really good fight scene and buffy takes out all three vamps and dusts them and parker comes up to her and he's like buffy i don't know what to say after how i've treated you and now i owe you my life and buffy's like it's nothing <laughs> and he's like it's everything you're everything i'm going to do whatever it takes to get you to forgive me do you think one day you might and like Disney music is playing in the background, you know, where it's like, la, 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 like it's like really like uplifting. And then boom, Buffy snaps out of it. She's sitting in psych class next to Willow and she's looking down at Parker, who's canoodling or flirting he, with this girl. He's suddenly in her psych class? What, what great, what, how old is Parker? I, my impression, we never, we never, we never got this in, information. My impression is that he's older. He's an older student, like second, third, fourth year. Well... Yes, that's my impression. I agree with. I agree that that's the impression we got, especially because Riley is familiar with him, mm-hmm. which we find out later in the episode, and maybe Riley's just familiar with him because he's in the psych he's class. A student, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it feels like well, Riley's not going to know every person's name, so maybe he knows Parker. Maybe Parker does have a reputation. Um, it's also possible that Parker is a first year, and he's just putting on like this really confident persona, but. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if a first year guy would be as confident as Parker is, right? Like it, yeah. it feels like he's been there for a while. But you know, maybe he's taking first year psych in his second year, or maybe he failed it last year because he was too busy canoodling. He's too busy getting STIs. Yeah, but like, okay, but uh, in living conditions, I just remembered when Buffy cuts in front of him in the cafeteria line. He says, first year, eh? Like, freshman. Like, you're a freshman. So that, so he doesn't say he's not a freshman, but that's the implication is right. that he's older and he knows what he's doing. Remember? And then he mansplained dinner in a bag. Man, there's so much that's happened this season. So anyway, uh, yeah, Buffy's watching him flirt openly with this woman. And Professor Walsh is teaching up at the front. And she's saying, uh, these are the things we want simple things comfort sex shelter food we always want them and we want them all the time the id doesn't learn it doesn't grow up it has the ego telling it what it can't have and the super ego telling it what it shouldn't want but the id works solely out of the pleasure principle it wants whatever social skills we've learned however much we're evolved the pleasure principle is at work in all of us so what do we do when we can't have what we want okay so this is freud that Walsh is talking about, right? Ego, id, super ego. And I understand 
why we might locate Freud in a first year psychology class if you are teaching the students kind of about the history of the field of psychology and, you know, the most famous psychologists and the most famous theories. But, you know, in modern psychology, Freud's theories are mostly discredited. There are elements that have been adopted um, into more rigorous theories. But so so I can see Walsh covering this in first year psychology, but... I would hope that she, I would hope that like maybe the next lecture is kind of like, and here's all the ways Freud was wrong. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And not just like, I, I, I hope UC Sunnydale isn't like uncritically just teaching Freudian psychology to their <laughs> psychology students. Hope not. But, uh, you know, we can't hope for the best over here, right? This is University of California, Sunnydale campus, which, you know, I don't have high hopes for this campus at all for this school at all. So when Professor Walsh says, what do we uh, what do we do when we can't have what we want? Cut to Buffy going back into her fantasy. She's staking the vamps. And this time, Parker's thanking her with his shirt open, flowers, and ice cream. So like, <sighs> we cut to credits here. My question is, was the sex that good, Buffy, that you're like fantasizing about Parker naked like, in the okay, cemetery? <laughs> this is only the second time that Buffy had sex, right? And we don't know what her solo sex life is like, because, of course, you can't talk about that on TV. Mm. But, you know, I, I feel like I, it's not the sex with Parker that was a thing, right? It was this was a guy who expressed interest with me. And yes, we slept together. And regardless of how good the sex was, I feel like that is what Buffy's, you know, to use the Freudian term, that's what Buffy's it is missing here. It, it It's missing the closeness of another human being, a human being she's sexually attracted to. You know, and despite being asexual myself, I do understand how your, you know, your conscious brain can, you can say like, this isn't good for me. You know, this guy isn't good for me. He treated me poorly. But at the same time, your body and elements of your unconscious are still attracted to him and, mm -hmm. and still, you know, want to have sex with him, even though, you know you probably aren't going to or don't want to because of how he treated you. Like, I do understand that there's these complexities here. So I think yeah. that's what we're seeing here is like, Buff this is Buffy's fantasy about like, in a better world, she would like to have Parker, but she wants, she wants a good Parker. <laughs> yeah. Like a Parker that doesn't exist. Uh, yeah. I agree with you. I also want to correct something you just said, because you said P Buffy had sex twice. Yes, Buffy had sex with Angel once, then she had sex with Parker, but Buffy then had dream sex with Angel <laughs> in amends. <laughs> and then Buffy got bit on her neck in Graduation Day Part no. 2. Well, you keep bringing that up, Steph. <laughs> you keep lining me up to bring it You're up. You're going to hear from my lawyer. <laughs> bring it on. My contract said you wouldn't mention that on the show anymore. <laughs> Damn the contract. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so we're on <laughs> yeah. campus and it's a nice sunny day on the uc sunnydale campus so buffy and willow are sitting outside and they're actually doing school work good for them good studious students but at that moment xander shows up and he flicks a lighter in buffy's face and, say, <laughs> and says rough day and <laughs> this is like this is an off scene to me because like buffy's like like, what's going on? And Xander's like, come on, Buff, be a lonely drunk. And she's like, stop flicking at me. Mm -hmm. And I'm feeling Buffy's annoyance here. Like, you're just minding your own business. You're sitting there. You're trying to study for these tough college courses. And your friend, who isn't in college, comes up to you 
and flicks a lighter in your face, which a like kind of weird and scary. Um, but like, like I don't have a problem with Xander hanging out with them. I'm not saying they shouldn't associate with him, but like Xander, respect the fact that they're busy. <laughs> Right? Uh, they're actually paying to get an education right now. Uh, but why is he flicking the lighter, Kara? <laughs> he's flicking the lighter because he's now being hired as a bartender at the <laughs> on-campus pub. And I, I, we have to stop for a moment. Yes, okay? we do. Yeah. <laughs> they deal with the fact that he's too young. We learn that he has a fake ID, which he proudly offers uh, to Willow. It has a picture of Xander wearing an obviously fake mustache. It's hilarious. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, you know, Willow's like, aren't you too young to be serving alcohol? It's like, yes, Xander, you, you are too young. But also, why is there a pub on campus? Yeah, well, I mean, so at my university, we did have an on-campus bar. Well, no, so, sorry, you're you're right. Like, we, we have one here at, like, a university as well. Yeah. So like, But in Canada, drinking age is 19, right? That is true, too. That Although, is true too. I mean, some provinces is 18, but, like, you could mostly drink after your first year or halfway through your first year. So Yeah, whereas in college, it's like, you got to be, like, two, three years into college. You got to be 21. Yeah, so you're in your yeah. third or fourth year, right? So maybe it's, maybe it's, like, the bronze where it's, like, it's a pub, but they also serve underage, like, people, like, non-alcoholic stuff. Later, Buffy, like, casually walks into that bar and she's drinking at the campus pub and that debt did happen but you had to go really early because after a certain time they start carding students before they come in but if you go there for mm-hmm. lunch at like three and then you wait all day <laughs> like as i did <laughs> um you can just sneak in with all the uh, with all your friends that are out of age you know uh so so anyway that it is weird that he that there's a campus bar and that but most weirder is that xander works at it and what I noted in what he said this, because he said no more looking down on the townie when he's telling them he's the bartender. He's like, I got my lighter, my rag, and my empathy face. And are people looking down on you, Xander? I mean, they, we do see that later by these college kids, but like his friends aren't. Like, I don't right. get any of that from his friends. They don't care that he's suffering and that he has to pay rent and I, that he doesn't I, get food. I, I but... mean, I'm willing to sympathize with Sandra here. I understand what it's like to kind of feel like you're left out or to feel like you're out of place. I, mm-hmm. I can see what he's going through. But, you know, I, I think that he's not necessarily dealing with the root issues here, right? It sounds to me like he's just trying to um, fill his time. Uh, and that's fine if that's what he needs while he figures himself out. But... You know, I think Xander needs to kind of like sit down and ask himself, like, what do I actually want? Because that's what Willow did last season, right? And she, yeah. the answer was, I want to practice magic and fight evil alongside Buffy. Mm-hmm. Xander hasn't really done this yet. He hasn't really sat down and said, what does Xander Harris want to do with his life? And, and part of that may be just his lack of confidence in himself. Because And we talked about that last season, about how his working class background maybe has led him to have few expectations for himself and i can empathize but at the same time xander like you need to at least kind of ask yourself some tough questions here and right now it sounds like he's hiding yeah and also like we don't know what your empathy face looks like xander because we haven't seen it in three seasons Burn. So, um also so buffy points out um you know there's more to bartending than wiping and kicking like you have to mix drinks and this is true and most bartenders at least in ontario need to have their certificate 
right? They're 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 bartending exactly, and like the the fake ID is not going to fly for the certification course. <laughs> but I mean, once we meet the owner of this on campus pub, it, it all becomes very clear what's going on. <laughs> yeah, um, Jack. <laughs> so so yeah, so um, they they start moving away from the picnic table because Xander clearly is not going to allow them to get any work done. Uh, and Buffy says that she's like in a clogged headspace right now. And Xander asks them if they're going to come to the pub tonight. And Willow says, nope, Oz, bronze date. So her and Oz are still going on little dates. That's cute. So Buffy changes the subject to Parker. And she's like, don't guys sometimes keep girls they really like inside these deep little brain fantasy bubbles where everything's perfect? And she's like, maybe I'm in his bubble. And pretty soon he'll realize he wants more than just bubble Buffy. He wants to pop me out and go to and we go for dinner. It could happen, right? And Willow is rightfully so annoyed. And she's like, Buffy, that is my best friend. You need to think about not Parker. He's no good. There are men, better men, wherein the mind is stronger than the penis. And Xander shouts, Nothing can defeat the penis. <laughs> Xander's that guy. Xander <laughs> is that friend where you hung out with him in, in high school and you tolerated him because there were advantages to him being in the friend group. And then you go off to college or university together and he hasn't grown up alongside you. And he's still yeah. making the same jokes that he was making in high school. He's still going to be making those jokes 10 years from now at the high school reunion. Oh, no. You know, and, and he's but the problem now is that you're on the college campus and you want to, you know, be cool with the, the older, the what do you call them, upper class people or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you got your friend weighing you down because he's yelling about penises. Right. It's like, pfft. and there's something else I noticed in this episode too. It's not like Buffy and Willow have made any new friends. <laughs> they should have at this point had have a bunch of new friends from residence, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Well, I, th I think Buffy is traumatized from Kathy. Oh, true. She's like, never again. They're all demons. They all clip their toenails in bed. <laughs> so Willow says she's sorry to be so coarse about this, but she feels strongly about Stinky Parker Man. And Buffy's like, well, he could be really sweet. I'm telling you, I think that he has intimacy problems because of the death of his father. Buffy, ah! <laughs> you're no. And Willow, rightfully, and I love Willow for this. She's like, not interested. You got troubles? Tell him to the bartender. And I'm so on Willow's side because I, I am the friend that gives the tough love. Like, if I don't think someone's treated you right. And you're still just like, oh, but he had a bad day. I'm like, no, fuck that guy. And that's that's me. So like, I get Willow. I like Willow has probably been hearing this for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's very clear, Buffy. Parker does not want to be with you. He used you for your body. Willow is the best in this episode, <laughs> right? Heads down. Right? Oh God. So ugh. so Buffy, I'm done with Parker storyline. I'm done. Xander says that's right because the bartender is always ready to listen. Cut to Xander struggling to listen in his bartender job. People are shouting at him. He can't hear anyone over all the shouting and the music. He's really overwhelmed. And yeah, Xander, that's why you need to go and get your certificate and, you know, like, I don't know, work in the back for a bit. Understand how a bar works. It's not easy. So Buffy enters the pub by herself. And this is where I made the note. I was like, A, it's weird that Buffy goes by herself. Like, you could have found a bunch of friends that would go with you in a normal situation, right? Residence friends that you made on, on campus. Um, and then two, it's weird that she just waltzes in underage. <laughs> no one cards her. So she sees Parker flirting with a girl at this booth. And I don't know if it's the same girl from before, from her insight class, not sure. But um, 
she's watching that so intently that she knocks right into corn-fed Riley. <laughs> Not to be confused with non-corn-fed Riley, who's <laughs> an entirely different proposition. Um, so he spills his drink all over himself, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, most people go around. I'm not saying you can't tunnel through. I'm just saying the other way is quicker. <laughs> what a what a hilarious man. Honestly, that, I think that is a pretty good show. Yeah, yeah, hey, I think he's... And I'll say this for Riley. So far in this episode five, he's fine, right? He's fine. He's polite. It's true. He's a gentleman. It's he's true. totally fine. Um, we like making fun of him because it's his haircut. It's his haircut gets me. It's his haircut. It's his expression. It's his like, dirt, 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 dirt. I'm an all American boy and I'm a good guy. And that's like, it's just, you know, there's nothing going on here. But this is like, what, the second time that Buffy's like knocked into him accidentally, right? So. Um, she says, in her defense, he takes up a lot of space. And I was like, oh, Buffy, noticing the size of this man. And I, I said it before, Riley's handsome and he's super tall. He's like bulky. He's like a big guy, right? He's like a, a quarterback. So he says, I do. I'm on Gamely looking for someone. And Buffy is like, yeah, I, I saw Parker over there. And Riley's like, ah, right, Parker and his latest conquest. That boy should have his attention span checked. Nice. And Buffy's like, he's kind of a girl chaser, eh? He's like, yeah, Buffy. And Riley's like, sets them up and knocks them down. I guess maybe I'm old fashioned, but my father, the farmer, no, he didn't say that. But my father always <laughs> says that if you want to be a gentleman, dot, 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 Buffy is not paying any fucking attention. So rude. And he says, you don't care what my father says. And Buffy's <sighs> like, oh, what? Sorry, what? And Riley's like, forget it. You know what? I got people waiting. I'll see you in class. And he leaves. And Buffy sees Parker start to make out with the girl. And she looks really sad. And I'll give it to Riley. He can read a room. He can read the room, right? And yeah, he's like, I'm well, out of here. Well, and this is like another time that Riley is like, because the first time Riley and, and Buffy meet, he remembers Willow and he doesn't remember Buffy other than like, you know, she was with Willow. And now he knows Buffy by name because she's in the psych class and he, he he's fairly well disposed towards her. But Buffy is not giving him any signals at this point, right? Like None. Buffy yeah. is, is, he's practically invisible other one than when she's bumping into his bulk. Um, <laughs> Ooh. So, I like that. I like how you phrase that. <laughs> bumping into his bulk. So like, I'm not going to go as far as to say that I feel sorry for Riley, but, you know, because I'm he's also revealing some fairly like, old-fashioned and conservative attitudes towards men and women here but you know he's clearly like doing his best to make buffy feel welcome yeah and buffy's not giving anything back like not like you just remarked at this right like buffy's not here to make friends but, she's but not, not in a reality tv show kind of way like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and like I, and like hey i'm here for riley's politeness um, I think that the fact that they keep bumping into each other, I, hey, we don't know where this is going to go, but there's only so many meat cutes you can have with a tall, handsome boy from Kansas or wherever he's from. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of here for it right now. I think she should take notice of this guy who's like polite and gives her space. And like she bumped into him and he's the one that's like, yeah, it's me. I'm on Gailey. You know, it's, there's something charming about that. All right. All right, Riley. All right. So Xander tries rough day <laughs> on this girl that's in front of him at the bar and she's like no it's been super we accepted melody's pledge and made her an official sister of beta delta gamma and our pins arrived today i designed it and xander's like trying to talk to her and i was like xander are you or are you not dating anya last episode you confirmed that you're dating 
So what are you hitting on this girl for? And um, a Chet, a Mitch, I call him Chet in all my notes. He slides in and he says, hey, Paula, are you keeping this fine bartender from his duty? A man's got to make a living. And am I incorrect in thinking this? This is my thought. I was looking at this guy and with his curly blonde hair and everything. And I was like, does he not? Like, Kara, you are always saying all these white men look the same. Xander, Angel, Parker. Does this guy not look like Spike to you? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I can see it with the hair. I was thinking almost like a Neil Patrick Harris vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like mash those two together, he's like, that's he's what like Neil Patrick like. Harris um, as his character in Starship Troopers, if you've ever seen that movie. No. <laughs> but yeah, I feel you. So anyway, I don't know. So Xander says, um, it's all right. Like, I'm here to talk. And the guy ignores him. And for, it's weird that Xander's like, I said it's all right. Like, I'm due for a break. And it's like Xander cannot read a room. Well, Riley can. Uh, And the guy's like, oh, so what were you discussing? Maybe we can all join in. And Paula's like, be nice. And Xander tries to get out of this, but Chet's like, no, no, no. I rudely interrupted. Sounds like the two of you were were having quite the meeting of minds, possibly debating the geopolitical ramifications of bioengineering. You have a take on that? Like, (laughs) okay. Um, Xander's like, I got beer. You want some beer? And he's like, yeah, a picture of Black Frost. And then he goes on to say that he's like, I think we have a great venue here for conducting a little sociometry, a bipolar continuum of attraction and rejection. Now give your socioeconomical statuses. I foresee a B rejects a dyad. Let me clarify. We are the future of this country and you keep the bowl of peanuts full. We are what the girls want and four glasses, please. So he throws down the money at Xander and Xander's like, tries to like show his authority and he's like well i'll have to see some id because you're not getting a drop until i'm satisfied and his boss walks behind him and says just give him a beer so defeated xander gives the four the beer the four glasses chet and the girl laugh at him and he's humiliated i mean that was a good move on xander's part like that would have worked if the boss hadn't walked by in that particular moment yeah also i want to i want to know because this was not i mean i didn't go to bars during my university years but like did this happen? Like, I can believe college people looking down on townies, but, like, did college guys pretend to use knowledge that they've pretended to learn from their classes? I don't know. This this feels like Joss Whedon dialogue to me. Yeah, like, do they read dictionaries before they come to the pub and, like, practice the words on people? No, honestly, I think this was super pretentious, and no. <laughs> I don't think that this happens in real life unless... I don't know. Not at my school. Not in my experience. And if they did, you'd be like, shut up. Like, we're at the pub. Right? And I think it's one thing for these college kids to want to sound smarter than they are because they feel really proud that they're studying what they're studying. Mm-hmm. I've definitely been in groups where people get caught up in conversation where they try to sound smarter than they are or they want to get into philosophical oh, debates. Oh, yeah. No. When we, when we see them later in this scene kind of like having a conversation all pretentiously like that part i totally believe because i've been in conversations like that and that's one it's one of the reasons why i don't talk much in larger groups is because i really dislike this tendency that certain people have to feel like they have to prove their intelligence by having an opinion about every single topic of conversation you know and then people will be like what do you think car and i'm just like I don't need to prove that I'm smart to you. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just have to start a podcast so everybody on the internet knows how smart I am. <laughs> but no, I, I agree with you on that. Like there, there is something especially about the young male psyche 
at college that's like i have to show everybody how smart i am so that part i agree with it was more just like this interaction between him and xander i'm just like no mm. i don't think so he, I, I feel like he would just verbally abuse xander the, the 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 last part of what he says like we're the future of the country you get our bowl of peanuts that's a lot more that's that that makes more sense to me but like flexing his knowledge of big words is not and i that's my message to everybody out there like be nice to your servers right the service industry is a hard industry people are out here you know making their living serving and bartending and all that stuff and like you should always always be polite to your server and also because they can do stuff to your food (laughs) so just remember that that's when xander notices buffy sitting sadly at the bar because you know she's of age and she's allowed to sit at the bar so he's like rough day want to tell me about it and buffy's like Parker's intimacy problems turned out to be that he can't get enough of it, and I knew it. I knew what he was, and if he was tied and gagged and left in a cave where vampires tend to frequent, it wouldn't really be like I killed him, really. And then he's, she's like, I'm a slut. And Zander's like, no. And she's like, I'm an idiot. And he's like, no, you gotta stop being so hard on yourself. But then Xander's boss is like, hey! And Xander's like, sorry, sorry, and has to go back to work. Um, but Buffy tells him, she's like, I'm better, this helped. And he's like, don't go anywhere. And then Buffy immediately goes to leave. <laughs> um... Oh, like, I'm so sad that that she said that. Buffy is aware of what Parker is. It was just hopeful thinking that he wasn't Mm -hmm. that way. And the fact that she says she knew he was that way, but she went with him anyway. It's like, I don't know if that's true. I think Buffy really did believe he liked her and then slept with him and then realized who he was later. She was totally taken by surprise. Yeah, yeah. So when she says, like, oh, I knew it, I think she knows it now. The fact that she's been pining over him for a couple weeks now it, it just I just hate the one she calls herself a slut because it's like, you're not a slut, Buffy. Yeah, Buffy. How <sighs> dare you try to claim the slut label? You got to sleep with way more guys <laughs> before, you know, I'm not slut shaming Buffy. I'm shaming Buffy for daring to, you know, aspire to that label. Right. It's like, Buffy, you got to have more than just dream sex to be considered a slut. Yeah, I, I think, again, like Buffy is so sad over this. And I think we need to think about why. And I like that what you said last episode where you said, like, Buffy is feeling sad about Angel still. Like, she's still sad that he left her and that she's here alone. And I think she thought she found a reprieve with Parker. Then Parker turns out to be a dick and she's still alone. So the fact that she's being so hard on herself for not finding what she wanted in Parker, I just feel like that's so sad. Absolutely. It's it's very sad. And that's, you know, I don't like this arc for that reason. Because mm-hmm. once again... Joss Whedon is punishing Buffy for having sex and, you know, Buffy can't be happy. Buffy can't be in a healthy relationship. Buffy is, you know, a terrible person for daring to have sex with a man and now she must suffer. And it's just like... Yeah. And like, this guy is so basic. Like, he's such a loser. And she's like, it's been three... Four episodes of her of her worrying about Parker. Like, I'm done. Like, this guy's so milk toast. So as Buffy leaves, she bumps into someone else because Buffy is incredibly klutzy. And she she bumps into a guy named Mitch, who I named him Mitch. Bumping into all these bulks. Right? All these, all these bulky bumps. <laughs> and she's like, um, sorry, I've been doing that a lot today. And the guy... Like, do we think Riley finds Buffy attractive? Because this guy automatically is like, can't imagine anyone minding. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, obviously, like, Buffy is gorgeous. And he's like, you're not thinking about leaving, are you? Because we have a strict, a very strict policy against you leaving, at least until you've had a drink. And then Chet from before comes up behind him. And he's like, "Um, you shouldn't be sad and alone right now. And he's like, you're a very beautiful girl who should be covered with men. Can we be those men? And then two more men 
didn't show get up. Get out, Buffy. Red flags, Buffy. You're, you're trying to ply a, an underage girl with drink, you know? And I understand that, you know, here in Canada, she wouldn't be underage if she's 19 by now. Like, so that, you know, double standards and whatnot. But, like, she's younger. <laughs> um, and you're trying to get her drunk. And for all we know, you're going to be drugging her drink, right? Like... And, and has nobody warned Buffy about this? Like, I'm not trying to victim blame. I'm not trying to say, oh, Buffy, you should know better. You know, you need to. But like, realistically, right? Realistically, pretty blonde girl goes away to college. Did Joyce never once say, hey, Buffy, like, you should be careful around your drink at bars, you know? Like, did she just think that, well, my daughter's a slayer, she can handle it? Why can't someone be like, oh, do you remember Reptile Boy? <laughs> in that yes, party that is a great point staff thank you but this is the thing is like okay so i'm trying to put my head space okay i'm i'm 18 i'm 19 i'm at a bar i've never been to a pub like that before and all these four guys are like oh come hang out with us and here's a drink would i do it probably <laughs> because i'm 19 and i yeah, didn't no, know better I understand, yeah. but it's but at the same time it's like i feel sorry that nobody else seems to have decided to look out for buffy here or that she didn't make any new friends that she could be drinking her heart out with, you know? Right, because if if Kathy were still here, you know, Kathy would be right there next to Buffy. Be like, oh, well, if you, if Buffy's joining you, I guess I'm joining you too. <laughs> and that's the thing too, is like, okay, there's nothing wrong with Buffy drinking with four guys if we assume these four guys are chill and like, it's just, it's going to be a fun night, right? But the very fact that they said like, they notice that she's beautiful. They're like, you got to drink with us. And the one guy points out that she's sad and alone. And the fact that Buffy is going to do this because she wants to get over Parker or Parker left with a girl right in front of her. That's why she, like, grins and takes the beer. So, like, there's a lot of other things that are going on here that make this not an okay situation. But regardless, we know what she's going to do. She's going to take the beer. So at the bronze... Oz is bringing Willow a drink at their table. I can assume it's also Kool-Aid or something. Why, why, why are Oz and Willow at the bronze instead of at the campus pub? Because they're checking out this band. So it's date night, I guess. It's date night. This is what I mean about this episode. Like the, I'm sorry. No, I'm not even, I'm not even, carry on. Carry on, carry on. So Willow says that she took notes for Oz because he wasn't in psych that morning. And he's like, yeah, yeah. But then he gets like this look on his face and she's like, what's the matter? And he's like, oh, it's nothing. Slow music starts to play. And the girl that we saw in living conditions very briefly that her and Oz like looked at each other, she takes the stage and she starts having sex with the microphone stand and she sings a sultry song. <laughs> and um, Oz is staring at her, right? And Willow Willow's like, oh, if you feel weird, like we can we can go back to your place. I'll make you soup. <laughs> so sweet. And Oz is like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Thanks. And he goes back to watch her perform. And Willow notices how intensely the two of them are staring at each other while she's like sexily gyrating up on the stage. And uh, she's like, do you know her? And he's like, Veruca? No, I know the, the drummer though. And he's cool. But I've never heard them play more stairs. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, well, and the way he's acting, like we've never seen Oz act this way because He's not listening to Willow. It's almost as if he's got this tunnel vision where he's staring at the stage and he's responding to Willow, but he's responding as autopilot Oz. And, and it's a little bit disturbing because Oz has always devoted his full attention to Willow anytime she's talked to him. And now he's kind of brushing her off. A and yeah. with any other guy, I hate to say it, that would probably be, you know, par for the course and not that disturbing. It's just like, yeah, he's just distracted, whatever. 
this is like red alert. Something is wrong with Oz. Yes. Something about this Veruca woman is taking his attention away from Sweet Willow. So we cut to the table where the four guards are indeed watching Buffy chug her beer. And Chet is talking again about socioeconomic and psychological problems because that's his favorite topic. And he's saying that those problems inherent in modern society can be solved by the judicious application of way too much beer. And another guy's like, Black Frost is the only beer. (laughs) And Buffy says, my mother always said beer is evil lies Buffy like Joyce has never said that Stoner Joyce would (laughs) never say beer is evil Joyce got drunk off schnapps in Dead Man's Party (laughs) Joyce let you have a rager in at the very same episode to be fair I do feel like Joyce is more of a wine mom Joyce's drink of choice is wine and schnapps but she would never be like beer is evil (laughs) so what are you saying Buffy Chet says Evil, good. These are moral absolutes that predict that predate the fermentation of malt and fine hops. Another a guy named Tyler starts. Oh, I called him Tyler in my notes. I don't think that's his name. Tyler starts talking about Thomas Aquinas, and they're all like, "Poo poo, keep you know, keep your theology of providence to yourself, fat boy." Says the one guy, and this one guy that said that weird line is Kyle Penn. And Cal Penn became very famous after this episode. Uh, I know him from Harold and Kumar, <laughs> go to White Castle. But uh, he worked in the White House. Like, he's had a pretty good career. Um, that was this. weird, yeah. It was just like, and now Cal Penn's here in the White House. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yay. Did he do anything? <laughs> I don't know what he did. I just know he was there. Check goes on to say that uh, had the earliest morality developed under the influence of beer, there'd be no good and evil. There'd be a kind of nice and pretty cool. Everything would be different. And Xander's watching Buffy drink with these guys. It's like, just keep an eye, right? And Buffy says, you guys really love to hear yourself speak, don't you? And they all agree. And they're like, oh my God, we're losing her. Tell us about yourself, Buffy. And she's like, I don't hate this for, I don't hate this for a start. And they all cheers and they all start drinking. So that, this is the conversation we talked about earlier where we're like, yeah, like, obviously these, like, this is more typical conversation yeah, you might be having. Yeah, totally, totally believable. But what I want to say is that they're obviously drinking a lot of beer. They're drinking pitchers of beer. They're getting drunk. Uh, this is not drunk talk to me. This is, like, high. Like, they all shared a joint. And now yeah. they're talking, like, about, you know, like, like talking theology and (laughs) mortality and all these things right maybe there's something in the beer hey maybe there is but i'm just saying the beer's bad if you're if like you said they're trying to keep people away from drinking beer well they're making it look awesome here (laughs) because it comes across as being high so next morning willow is coming into the dorm room talking to herself and she's like came back from the bathroom i think and she's like (laughs) she's like my My name name is veruca i'm in a band (laughs) oh i'm Oz. I'm in a band too. Oh, and this is Willow. Oh, how fun. A groupie. Oh, yeah. So Willow's groupie. And then she tells Buffy, she's like, Buffy, have you heard of this Veruca chick? Dresses like Faith, voice like an albatross. Little Faith reference. I like it. And we know how Willow feels about Faith. Exactly. So Buffy is staring at her mini TV and she's like, TV is a good thing. Bright colors, music, tiny little people. And Will's like, okay, what did you do with Buffy? And Buffy looks up at her and he's, she's just like, I'm suffering the afterness of a bad night of badness. And she's like really slow when she's saying all this. And Willow's like, you didn't. No, with Parker again. And Buffy's like, no, with four really smart guys. <laughs> and Willow's like, her reaction is priceless. She's like, four? Right. Oh, 
oh, oh, Buffy, are you okay? Do you want to talk about it? And Buffy's like, went to see Xander. Then I saw Parker. <laughs> then came Beer. And Will's like, then group sex? <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I, I get how Willow would make that inference. And yes, you're right. Like, both Sarah Michelle Gellar and Allison Hannigan sell this joke. I like I don't know how many takes they had to do of this scene because of uh I I I bet that they must have been corpsing the entire time because this is this is hilarious and, and you know it, it's just like Buffy's like just lots of and lots of beer it's nice foamy comforting it's beer beer I like she also says like gutter face and she like pushes but her out of the way this is what I'm talking about where it's like <laughs> even though I can acknowledge the humorous aspects of this episode you know and give it credit for some of these jokes it's like we're what 20 minutes into the episode at this point and there's just nothing here like okay so Buffy's under the influence of some weird beer it's like woohoo like give me a bad guy give me a villain beer like, bad just... beer bad guy <laughs> You're boring. <laughs> I will say, though, we've been complaining this, like, the last four episodes anyway. We're like, why are they doing college things? Like, they, they went to the party at Halloween and stuff. But, like, do college things. You're right. Here they are. They're they're on I'm... campus. They're doing college things. I got what I asked for. Careful what you terrible. wish for, Kara, okay? What do you want from Beer Bad? What do you want from it? <laughs> I want it to be a good episode, okay? That's so much to ask. Yes. Um, so Willow says, Drowning your troubles over Parker, mind frying man. He deserves a torturous and slow death by spider bites. For today, we'll just have to throw spitballs at his neck in class. And Buffy's like, okay. So she gets up to go to class and Willow stops her. And he's like, she's like, get dressed. Like, getting dressed would be good too. So... This is a bad depiction of a hangover, too. Like, I think she's supposed to be hungover. But again, we know the beer is laced with something. We'll find that out very soon. And that's the only way I can really say. That's why Buffy's like, foamy, comforting. It's beer. <laughs> and that's why she's being that way. Because a real hangover, like, you're not staring at the TV that close. You're sick. You're spinning. You're lying down. You're, you you're... don't want to look at the bright lights. No, you want to die. So that's, that's what your beer hangover feels like. So... In Professor Walsh's class, she's telling them about the next test of class. And it's really funny because she's like, for those of you who have already done the reading, and Buffy raises her hand and she's like, yeah. And Buffy's like, she read the reading and points at Willow. <laughs> and everyone laughs. Like the girl in front of them like rolls her eyes and Riley looks up. He's like, the fuck? And Professor Walsh is like, well, then she'll have some time on her hands. <laughs> So she goes on, and as she's talking, the girl in front of Buffy is eating a sandwich. Buffy looks at it, grabs the sandwich, starts eating it, and Willow's like, Buffy, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, why wouldn't I be? And this is the second sandwich we've seen Buffy eating this this semester. <laughs> we saw one in Living Conditions, and now here's the next one. So this is weird. We cut to um, uh, science and uh, and chemistry. <laughs> Something's afoot. And chemistry something or others is dripping into a Black Frost beer keg. Some sort of spell, some sort of potion. Buffy is back at the bar later that day with the bros. And they're, she's, they're giving her some more beer. And she's like, foamy. <laughs> and the one guy is like, you should come to our class on big thinking. It's good. And Xander is watching all this and he's so confused. And a girl with a cigarette is literally sitting at the bar. And she says, boy, am I having the worst day. Got a light. And Xander he doesn't take his eyes off Buffy in, out of concern. And he holds up a no smoking sign without saying anything. So much anything. for flicking a lighter in somebody's face. <laughs> but I laughed at that. I think that was a really good gag. And here is Xander. 
like a few seasons ago, he definitely would have been distracted by that. But here he is being a concerned friend and like watching out for Buffy and ignoring this random, which I like. So again, the bar is very low, but like good for you, Xander. So Chet bangs his fist on the table and he says, I like girls. And Buffy hits him and she's like, you stupid. And he's like, no, you stupid. And they, they do a whole, no, you stupid, stupid thing or other. Buffy calls him a smelly head. They all laugh. So like that marijuana influence conversation from the night before is gone. And now they're just down to stupid heads and stuff. Willow is leaving her room and Oz comes up behind her and he's like, hey, I was trying to call you. And Willow's like, yeah, I've been in the library. How are you feeling? You weren't in class again. And Oz says that his, his the band was practicing and he's like, hey, Shy is playing again tonight. And that's Veruca's band. And uh, they asked him to sit in with them and it would be really cool if you were there. And Willow's like, two Veruca shows in two nights? You sure you want to share your groupie? you know, Oz grins at that. And she's just like, I think I'm just going to study because of all the fun. And Oz is like, yeah, I guess I could see how it would be kind of dull for you. And Willow and Oz just stare at each other. The vibe is off. They're just staring. And then Willow's like, see ya and leaves. And Oz is like, okay, bye. And he's confused. And they go. What is happening here? no. Like, this is, this is bad (laughs) news. Like the way that Will, and I will, I'm going to give Willow some credit here. This is absolutely the right thing to do. Like the way that Oz is treating her, uh, just saying see ya and leaving and being like, you know what? If you're not going to value my time, I am just going to go do my own thing. Good for you, Willow. Really? That is self-possession. That is self-control. Yes. Really? I don't think he's treating her that... I mean, okay. Yes, he's stared at that girl, right? But he came here to find Willow in person to invite her to come back out with him that night. To go spend more time with that girl. To spend time with the girl. But I don't know. Like, mwah. Yeah. Well, I, mm. So what I'm saying, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, yeah. yes, Oz's behavior is not terrible here. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, yeah. Willow is hurt by it. Yes. And I think that what she's doing, the way she's handling her hurt is very mature. She's not lashing out at him and yelling at him. She's not compromising herself and her principles and being like, well, I'm just going to be a groupie and follow Oz because I can't deal with being away from him. Right? Like, She's asserting that she has her own individual identity that is separate from her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And he has displeased her and she is going to take some space, right? And when he comes to his senses and realizes what an ass he's being, she's ready to talk. Yeah, yeah. And I really don't blame her for not wanting to go and watch her boyfriend ogle another girl. Like, I get that. Uh, It seems like Oz doesn't even realize what's going on. No, I agree with you. Like, he's being very clueless. And that is what bothers me. Because Oz is the most sensitive and self-aware and mature guy we've seen on this series so far. Yeah. And I'm just like... I don't like this. Oz, buddy. Like, did you drink some of the beer? Like, what's going on? Mind you, they've been doing this whole, like, see you later, like, uh, like handshake goodbyes this whole season. (laughs) So, (laughs) like, have you even seen them kiss this season? Like, in the first episode, maybe. Anyway... Ah, I don't like this. So uh, the no, you stupid game is continuing on in the bar. Uh, Xander goes up to the jukebox and starts playing a song and Buffy hears it. And she goes up to him and she starts hitting it, the jukebox and laughing. And she's like, it sings like it. And she starts crawling up on it. So Xander's like, all right, time to go home, Buffy. And Buffy's like, want more singing, want more beer. And Xander's like, no, I've cut you off. And Buffy's like, does it hurt? And Xander's like, okay. And he's like, picks her up to carry her out. And she's like, want beer, like beer, beer good. And Xander's like, beer bad, bad, bad beer. Then he's like, what the hell am I saying? Buffy, go home and go to bed. And Buffy like hits him and she's like, say bye. And Xander's like, bye. And she's like, bye. 
and she leaves. And then Chet notices that the girl's gone. He's like, where's, where girl go? <laughs> so we cut to Willow, who's entering a student hangout area, like an underground little cafe. And uh, Parker's there. Lo and behold, Parker's there. And she approaches him with a very stern look. And she says, I want to give you a piece of my mind. I'm tired of you men and your madness. Buffy's really hurting right now. In fact, she's in a need of a big mental tidy. Parker, how could you do this to her? And Parker's like, well, what did I do? And Willow's like, she shared something very intimate with you and you act like it's nothing more than a bag of some kind of snack food. And Parker says, Willow, I'm not sure I need to explain my actions to you, but if that's what you want, and Willow's like, yes, uh, followed by an admission of undeniable guilt, but go on. And she sits in front of him. And Parker's like, some relationships center on deep emotional connection or loyal friendship or something like that, but most are just two people passing through life, enriching or aggravating each other's lives briefly. Just for one night, can't two people who feel an attraction come together and create something wonderful and then go back to their lives the next day better for it, but never overanalyzing it or wanting it to be more than it was? I have, and she should too. And Willow says, well, people like Buffy and me assume that intimacy means friendship and respect. People shouldn't have to ask first, are you going to be eyeing other prospects tomorrow? And Parker says, people shouldn't have to to preface casual sex with just so you know, I'm not going to grow any older with you. That takes the fire out of it. And Willow's like, maybe. And Parker's like, Willow. I don't regret what happened or what we did, but I am sorry that Buffy's hurting. And if I misled her, I'm sorry for that too. I didn't mean to. I'm impressed that you care so much about her. You're a good friend. And Willow grins. Hold <sighs> me back, Steph. Hold me back. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> uh, no, Parker. I mean, I could say hold my beer, but... Beer back. <laughs> no, hold, hold me back here because I, I want to reach into that screen. And do awful things to Parker again. <laughs> like The lip on this guy, I'm telling you, he's the kind of guy that practices this bullshit talk in he's the mirror. He's going to be a politician himself. when he grows up. You know? Oh, he'd be a good politician too. Uh, yeah. Parker, no, Parker. Bad Parker. B- Parker, Parker bad. bad. Parker bad. Parker no good. Parker no smell good. Parker is saying right about casual sex. What he's saying about casual sex is not incorrect, but the way he's putting it is that that was always on the well, table. This that, this mindset that's what makes him the prince of lies. Lies. It, you know, he's lying using the truth, which is always the most powerful way to lie, right? Yeah, like, because Parker, you need to inform the girl that that is your intention, and not have these fake emotional connections and manipulate and, and them for don't weeks. Gaslight her afterwards yes. and pretend that she knew what that that she was getting into, and yes. be like, "Oh, I'm so sorry that you're hurting because you." You weren't smart enough to figure out that I'm a pickup artist. Like, right? Like, it's like, it's like, it, it, so what you're saying at its like basic level is like, yeah, that's what casual sex is, but not when you place it up like you're having an emotional connection with someone, only to sleep with them and then dip. So, like, I'm sorry, Parker, but fuck off. That's, you're fucking disgusting. I hate this. <laughs> Like, you're a fucking piece of shit. Uh, so, anyway, anyway, right. well, speaking of pieces of shit. we cut back <laughs> to Xander. Poor Xander. Poor Xander. He's dealing Did with I a lot this that? episode. I know, and I just said it too, but there it is. Compared to these other boys in this episode, like, <laughs> yeah. Slim so Pickens. Xander's dealing with the boys, and now they're grunting, and they're taking off their shirts, and they're squatting, and leaping around, and hooting. 
You know, they're acting like cavemen. And I just want to say, this show is offensive to cavemen. <laughs> I don't like this their This is not their how ancient stereotype. hominins acted. Come on. They were better than this. So Xander's like, he goes over there and he's starting to clean up and stuff, you know, and he's like, okay, time to pay up and go home, guys. And Chet goes to go to the men's room. Um, and another guy puts down some bills. <laughs> and Xander basically is like, you know, like he's like, hmm, I can take advantage of this situation. <laughs> so he's like, no, no, that's not going to be enough. So they just keep putting down money on the table. And then he picks it up and he's like, oh, you are so smart. This is so the right amount. Yeah. Yeah. It's very clever of him, actually. And then there's a there's this smashing noise. And Xander says, oh, somebody didn't have their fiber today. There's <laughs> a louder so crash. Funny. <laughs> um, and then Chet leaves the bathroom. But he's not like really Chet anymore. He's like... Like, he's, like, changed, right? Like, his face has changed. He's got, like, a sloping forehead now and the big brow. Teeth. And he's got Yeah. Uh, you know, again, caveman stereotypes. And yes. um, as usual, right, when the going gets tough, the tough knocks Xander unconscious. Mm-hmm. And then sniffs him <laughs> until Ugh. he wakes up. <laughs> Weird. So everybody else transforms. We got four cavemen now. So oh, Xander no. gets up and he's uh, not sure what to do at first. And then he remembers he has the power of fire. So he grabs the lighter and he lights it. And all the cavemen freak out because they're afraid of fire because they've never seen fire before. <laughs> they're like, what's going on? He's like, yeah, that's right. Fire angry. And he chases them out of the pub and then he runs into the back room. And he's like, apparently the boss's name is Jack. And he's like, Jack. He's like... Um, there's something going on. Like everybody's turning into cavemen and Jack is just like, uh-huh, totally chill. He's like, they had it coming. And we, we look down and we see that, you know, Jack is the, the big bad of this episode. <laughs> and again, Steph, this is where I just have to voice my displeasure. Like, you know, Jack's like, he goes into this whole rant about how he's tired of the snot nosed kids. And he's like, I want them to experience what it's like to overindulged in liquor for a day and he's like my cousin's a warlock and he helped me put a spell on this beer and i'm just like what's going on like, like this that. is not a compelling villain story at all this is this is like we ran out of room at the end of the main story in a comic book so we're gonna sit stick a little like six page special where you know batman has to fight the joker's cousin <laughs> jerry okay but i like because okay Buffy is not fighting the bad guy in this episode. Xander is. And also, like, I think I just like Jack's casual delivery of being like, oh, yeah, like my, my warlock brother-in-law showed me how to do it. It's no big deal. And I, I kind of like the casual nature of, of which the problems arise. Well, yeah, he just, yeah, he just mentions it to Xander as if he expects Xander to know what a warlock is. It's like, is. of course, like, you know how it is. Am I right? Am I right? Like, it's like I, I don't know. I didn't You know what it's that. like living in Sunnydale, right? I thought that was pretty chill and hilarious, to be no, honest. No, I, I agree with you. And this is yeah. what I will say about this episode. Like, yes, on the surface, <laughs> because scene by scene, this episode has funny moments, right? I have pointed that out earlier in the episode. I agree with you. And, and we're going to praise more to come, especially between Willow and Parker, for sure. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. as a story, this episode makes very little sense. And it's just so underwhelming. What's funny here is, so Xander realizes that it's in the beer, right? That he's drugged the beer. And uh, Jack says, relax, it'll wear off in a day or so. And Xander's like, in a day or so, someone could get killed. And he runs out to go to help. But he comes back and he's like, you're a bad, bad man. <laughs> 
So yeah. we cut to the caveman who like they're they're frolicking across campus and like ooh to be on set that day like the direction right like just 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 run and leap and tumble and eat leaves and jump up a tree and all this stuff and one caveman gets hit by a car and what's scary here is like so all the cavemen are attacking the car and then two girls walk by and they obviously they're like oh my god and they get scared and they run and then these men chase them only three of them at this point because one broke their leg and it's like i don't know this is a very dark moment in this episode that i found that like we see these women later too they drag them to wherever they're going and i'm like that's really terrifying like i feel really bad for those women that's scarring and terrifying and awful so xander has gotten giles like giles arrives on he was probably already on campus doing something else because he's right there with Giles. Well, in the I was dorm about room. to say, like, I, either either that or Xander's getting really athletic, running the five miles back to Sun- <laughs> Sunnydale, you know, and Giles picking him up, right? But maybe you put up the Giles signal in the sky. <laughs> Giles just shows up. <laughs> what would what would the Giles signal be? <laughs> Cup of tea. <laughs> could we could we get Liz uh, Artifact Pottery to draw us Giles getting the Giles signal? <laughs> Please, I need to see it. Yeah, what would the symbol in the sky be? I think it would be a cup of tea. <laughs> The Igon symbol, like what is it? <laughs> so, so anyway, they're on their way to Buffy's dorm room, and I love this because Giles is um, berating Xander because Xander's saying like, "I cut her off," but she, and she didn't drink as much beer as the other guys. And Giles is like, Serve, "Like, I can't believe you served her beer in the first place." And Xander's like, "I didn't know it was evil." And Giles is like, "You knew it was beer." And Xander's like, "Well, excuse me, Mister. I spent the '60s in an electric Kool Aid funky Satan groove." And Giles Fair. is like. It was early 70s and you should know better. <laughs> and Xander's like, I'm not her dad. Like, I'm not like, I'm not her, like, you know, I'm, she's a grown but up. Giles is. Giles is. Yeah, exactly. But uh, hey, if, if my friend came to the bar and got all this free beer, I wouldn't say anything about it either. So like Xander's right. And they open the door and <laughs> Buffy, caveman Buffy, who doesn't have any prosthetics on, just really dark black makeup around her eyes she's drawing pictures on the wall and banging on the wall and saying like parker bad so speaking of parker uh parker and willow have moved to a more intimate setting on the couch and the chair and parker is saying i don't mean to be to say this in a bragging way but i do get to know a lot of women and uh willow says getting to know people is good (laughs) she's egging him on and parker says that he hasn't found the one yet and i've yet to find the girl that i can just sit with feeling totally at ease spewing whatever's on my mind or even sit with comfortably in silence and then he's like willow can i tell you something kind of private and he's like he's got this thing going on with his eyes like you know it's not that he's crying but his eyes are like twinkling yeah well he's got beautiful eyes i will say and willow appears to be soaking this all up and she's like okay. (laughs) I mean, I feel you've shown me a perspective I hadn't really thought that much about before. What is it you wanted to tell me? And Parker like leans in close, grabs her hand, and he says, I've enjoyed talking with you here tonight. And Willow says, me too, with you. I'm wondering something about you. And he's like, what? And Willow says, just how gullible do you think I am? I mean, with your gentle eyes and your shy smile and your ability to talk openly only to me, you're unbelievable. Hell yeah, Willow. Parker is in shock. He takes his hand away. He's like, what? And Willow's like, this isn't even sharing. This is not connecting. It's the pleasure principle. That's right. I got your number, id boy. Only thing you're thinking about is how long before you can jump on 
my bones. You men, it's all about the sex. You find a woman, drag her to your den, do whatever's necessary as long as you get the sex. I tell you, men haven't changed since the dawn of time. And oh, Willow, that's fucking epic. Love you for this so much. So much. I feel like Willow's coming to a realization here, but I can't say anything more than that. No, I can't either. But she's pissed about all men in general for some reason. Uh, But also, Parker, Willow is the ex-girlfriend of our Lord and Savior, Mullock, the corrupter, praise Mullock. So she knows this like whole spiel you're doing here. All right. And I love that she called him out. Someone needed to. So just in time, cue the caveman who run inside and Willow's like, see? (laughs) Before they knock her unconscious, as do they, Parker. So Xander and Giles are watching Buffy spin around in the chair. <laughs> and honestly, this was my favorite scene. I don't know what scene you were referring to earlier, but I really liked it. Just this, this one, this one just now with Willow and Parker. That okay, yeah, sorry, scene. that was my favorite scene. And then I really like how it transitions into them watching Buffy spin on this chair. And Giles is like fascinating, really. <laughs> it's interesting to watch. Buffy goes to the TV and says, um, want people where people go. And Giles tur- is like, TV is off. And Buffy's like, want people. And Giles says to, Z- to Xander that she doesn't appear to be in any immediate danger. Maybe you should stay with her. And Buffy starts smelling up on Xander. And she's like, boy, smells nice. And Giles is like, or perhaps she should be left alone. And Xander says, yeah, we should track down the fun boys really quick because Jack said the effects of the beer wear off. And Buffy's like, here's beer. And she's like, Buffy want beer. And Giles says, you can't have beer. And Buffy looks at him and she's like really serious in her slayer stance. And she's like, want beer. And Xander's like, Giles, don't make Cave Slayer unhappy. And Buffy's like, thumping her chest and she's like Buffy strong <laughs> she's like Buffy get beer and she throws Giles across the room and runs out of the room into the hall and Giles amazingly doesn't get a concussion he, he's awake and he's like go poor, after her poor Giles like he's had so much head trauma already in this series seriously so this is lucky for him um so they they split up and look for her And we go back to the lounge where the cavemen have built a fire and a barrier with all the chairs. Are there there no fire alarms in this building? Um, Again, I got to point out and shout out to these two poor, poor girls. Like one of them is knocked out and the men have dragged them in there and they're shouting like women, women. And like, and like one of them even starts like smelling up on Willow who's unconscious. And like the the undertones of rape here. This is why I don't like this episode. Yeah, this was a very dark part of this episode that I didn't care for at all. I was surprised. I didn't remember that they dragged these women in here, but like we know what cavemen are going to do to women. And it's absolutely terrifying. I feel horrible for them. This reminds me a lot of a very, very early like, one of the first five episodes of Stargate SG-1. It's called The Broca Divide. A very similar thing happens where members of of the main cast revert to cave people. Um, In their case, it's like this weird, like, virus thing, but science fiction, but, you know, same deal. It's like... They, they, They have the whole reversion, and they're, like, grunting, and they have, you know, the sexual urges to mate and stuff, and it's just like... That wasn't a good Stargate episode, and this is not a good Buffy episode. Anyway, of course, the fire starts to spread. They start to panic. Uh, everything happens from here on out pretty quickly. Like, I think we're going to get through it pretty quickly. So, uh, Xander finds Buffy on the lawn, and they see the smoke coming out of the 
area on campus. So they run to it because there is a little bit of Buffy still in there. He asks her, he, like Xander says, is there any part of Buffy that's still in there? And then she sees the fire and she says, fire bad. And she runs to it. So the cavemen are trying to find a way out of the area. Buffy gets to the door, breaks through the barricade. And she, <laughs> she takes a fire extinguisher, like kind of like low key understanding that it's supposed to help, but then she throws it in <laughs> to the fire. And she, she looks through the fire. She sees Willow's unconscious on the other side. So she dives over top the fire to get to her. Xander runs in and he can't find Buffy. So he's like, where's Giles? And Giles is talking to a student <laughs> at the door. I'm just being like blonde about this tall walks with a sideways limp. <laughs> so, Buffy is uh, trying to figure out how to help out. Um, she notices there's a window, I don't know, up high. So she jumps on some pipes, swings, breaks up on the window. The cavemen all run out of the window. Um, the one girl wakes up her unconscious friend and they escape. Xander's on the other side helping them out. Buffy helps Willow up and out through the thing. And then she's back in there and Parker's waking up. It's just him and Parker left in this area. And he's like, oh God, Buffy. Oh, I can't breathe. Help Buffy. Like, what do we do? What do we do? And Buffy just hits him over the head with a stick. And then she carries him out the window. So the last scene of this episode is um, the firemen are there. We haven't seen them since graduation day part two. <laughs> Good to see them. Uh, Buffy is caressing Willow as Giles and Xander look on and Buffy's like, Buffy's tired. And Xander says, well, there's a lesson in all this. Like, what did we learn about beer? And Buffy's like, foamy. And Xander's like, good. Just as long as that's clear. Anyway, I think the boys in the car are contained for the time being. Uh, this will give them some time to ponder the geopolitical ramifications of being mean to me. So indeed, the cavemen are all in this car, which um, Xander says, he doesn't know whose it is. It was just unlocked. So they locked all the cavemen in there. Uh, whatever. Buffy is like at the window of the car looking at the guys as Parker approaches her, just like in her fantasies at the beginning of the episode. And he says, hey, Buffy. And Buffy's still holding the stick, I'll add. And he says, I don't know how to say this. I'm sorry for how I treated you before. It was wrong of me and I'm sorry. You were great tonight, really. I may not deserve this, but do you think you could forgive me? And gentle music is playing. We're like, oh, this is cathartic. This is what Buffy needs to forgive him and move on. Buffy, the caveman, just stares at him. Then she lifts up her arm and thunks him over the head, knocking him out again. Yes. He falls to the ground. <laughs> not, not that I'm encouraging violence against people, but... You know, I, I think Parker owes her this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he falls. And it's so funny because Willow, Giles, and Xander then come onto the shot. And Willow's grinning. And Giles and Xander just look. They all turn to leave. Buffy goes the wrong way originally. But then Xander like steers her back the other way. Cut to black. That is the end uh, of Beer Bad. I, I hope this is also the end of the Buffy-Parker saga. I hope she can move on. I never want to see him again. I never want to see him again. Uh... uh yeah, that was a lot. I'm glad I'm glad he got knocked out twice. Three times. Three times in the last half of this episode. I mean, I, I just... Yeah, I don't know. There are many good moments in this episode. I will give it that. Especially the scene between Willow and Parker. I think that is iconic. That is peak Willow. Yeah. But can you really say this episode is better than Teacher's Pet? Yes. <laughs> I well, would... we're going to have to agree to disagree. Like... To me, Teacher's Pet is the lowest point in season one. Uh, uh, Teacher's Pet was the first time we saw Angel give Buffy his leather jacket. So I cannot say that this episode's better than that because nothing is better than that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, at least Teacher's Pet had a 
more compelling villain. Sure. It didn't, like, yes, there was rapiness to it. There was also a sandwich in Teacher's Pet. There was a bug sandwich. (laughs) I don't see why that's a bad thing. It's not. I'm just saying there's more sandwiches in the show than we realize. Like, Teacher's Pet had a more coherent story. You know, there were definitely Mm -hmm. a lot of issues with Teacher's Pet, you know, but it had a more coherent story to it. This episode is all over the place. They have no idea what they're doing with Giles in this episode. He's just there. Yeah. <laughs> Getting lost on campus. Like, there, there's lots of fun jokes in this episode, and there's some good stuff between Willow and Parker, and obviously something going on with Willow and Oz, and I hope we find out what soon. But, like, this is just not a coherent episode, and it, it I think it lets me down because the quality of the sh- Like, if this episode were in season one, sure. Sure, yeah. Like, this would just be a season one episode. But, like... The quality of this show has increased so steadily since the middle of season three. And also, this episode will always, always be compared unfavorably to Band Candy. Because once again, you have somebody you know, altering this substance that can, be, you know, in one case it was chocolate, in this case it's beer. It's like normally we drink or eat these things for comfort and they're not always good for us. And now you have somebody spiking these with supernatural stuff that makes you revert, in this case, to a caveman. But like mm-hmm. they did it so much better in band candy. I would actually compare this episode to the pack. And I would say it's better than the pack. Because the pack... Also had that pseudo, like the rape scene, right? Mm-hmm. The undertones of that with between Xander and Buffy. The animalisticness of like all the characters yeah. changing and going wild and at one point. Nobody gets eaten in this episode. Yeah. So I don't like, hey, I hear you. Like this is obviously not season four, season three, season two caliber of episodes. I don't think it's the worst episode of Buffy, though. I mean, that remains well, to be seen. I don't, we, we, we're not at the end that of the remains series to be yet. Seen. I, I agree with yeah. you. I think there are some worse episodes coming out, but... I I thought it was funny. I thought it was a funny episode. I see what you mean about the pack thing. Like, yes, I can't argue that the characters are better in the pack, right? Like, yes, like Giles is better here. Xander's better here. It's funny. Willow's great. I don't really think that's what I'm arguing, though. I think what I'm arguing is, like, as a story, this episode makes less sense, right? Like, yes, I agree with you that the pack is probably a worse episode in terms of like what we might take away from it Mm -hmm. but this like if i this is kind of what i'm saying is like if i'm just turning on the tv because i want a nice distraction but i want like a um a satisfying story this episode is not it you know there's very little happening here if the whole point of this episode was to show that drinking especially drinking underage and binge drinking is no good and that's the moral tale that we want to tell in here that was really obvious i'm gonna start drinking after this episode well well, that's my point i was like you kind of wasted that on this script right there's so many ways that you could have had like a really funny over-the-top drinking episode with all the characters right but they chose to do it with this caveman thing so it's very strange um yeah no i hear what you're saying too i just like for me i was like yeah this is a weird place to put this episode however i didn't mind it it was okay uh who's your hero well i know i'm supposed to say xander but i can't I, i'm gonna say willow willow is my hero for how she was dealing with the oz friction mm-hmm. and for what she did with parker because she finally put parker in his place and i am here for it i'm giving it to willow as well because willow is a woman a badass woman and she's the one that put parker in his place she pretended that she was so into what he was saying. She was getting put, you know, she was falling under his spell. But no, fuck you, Parker. She 
played you just like you played all these other girls and it's hilarious to watch. So that's beer bad. Beer not good. Beer bad not good to us, <laughs> to Kara. <laughs> so let's get to our hot steaks. Yeah, we've got two hot steaks today. So the first one comes from Savannah. Savannah's writing in for uh, the Riley and Buffy interactions in The Freshman. She says, I think Buffy was overwhelmed by everything going on and not fully attracted to Riley. She probably is attracted to him on a, to an extent, but I know the signs of social anxiety and I felt this episode even with my different college experience. Episodes later, she thinks he's cute, but it's not a fully, she's not fully interested until they talk more. There are different types of attraction too, and I can see how they all get intertwined and convoluted. Uh, I agree. I agree. Like yeah. when when Buffy, sometimes Buffy is instantly attracted to guys. That's actually usually the way it happens with her love interests, especially with Angel, but like with her smaller ones too, like Owen and Scott, um, or really? all those... <laughs> well, I don't know if you'll ever remember him, but um, uh, her her attraction to Riley, I think she was like attracted to him as you would to any basic good looking white guy, I guess. Uh, but I think it is a nice little change up that she's not noticing him right now. He notices her. He keeps pointing her Wait, out. Wait, is Riley the male equivalent of a basic bitch? absolutely <laughs> i wish riley was a himbo but he's not he's got a brain <laughs> no he's yeah, no he's, he's definitely got, he's not smart. a himbo that's it's yeah. very unfortunate because i feel like if riley were a himbo this would be a much more interesting season we would freaking love him we would we couldn't get enough if riley was a himbo but yeah no i totally agree with what you're saying here savannah like it it is all different um we'll see i'm excited i'm honestly genuinely interested to see the riley and buffy interactions and what they there's, develop yeah into. there's more going on here and yeah yeah i'm very curious to see i'm just curious to see how we evaluate it right because we've both seen the show before and we have our opinions but this is our first time talking about it together and i feel like once again we're gonna have some interesting discussions and maybe we'll change our minds about some things well and so far i'm not hating it like i actually like it i like these interactions I know, it's scary um, it's very scary our next hot steak is from Haley, who says i just started listening to your podcast this week so nice last week probably um i just hit season two episode nine good job of getting caught up so quickly Haley. and after listening to the dark ages i had a question did the previous slayers not kill all of these named demons before do these demons come back after some point or are there so many demons that there's absolutely no way to make an effective dent <laughs> so i i really liked this when i read this in our email i'm like that is a really, like, that's not a question I'd considered before, Haley, right? Like, at some point, are we going to run out of these, like, famous demons where it's like you mention the name and Jowl's eyes like, oh, yeah, I know exactly which book that demon's illustrated in. I know the last time that demon came to Sunnydale because apparently people are keeping track of this stuff, but nobody has bothered to go to kill these demons before. Well, there's obviously, like, books and volumes and appendices full of demons and all this information. So, yeah, they're, they're making a dent, but it's definitely not, like, there's literally thousands and thousands of them, right? And they only get to one a week. <laughs> exactly. It's it's one one a week. You know, the Slayer can only work so much because otherwise she has to pay more in Slayer taxes. Mm -hmm. um, no, but like, I, I think, Haley, you've actually hit on like a very important theme of the show, right? And we're going to see this um, more and more as we explore the series, which is good is always at a disadvantage against evil because there is so much more evil out there. And it doesn't matter. This is what evil tells us, is that it doesn't matter how much you stand up and fight against evil 
there will always be more evil. You'll never be done. And it's always going to be overwhelming. And that, that's kind of like uh, an idea that the show is exploring, right? Is it's like, is it enough to stand up against the darkness? Can we ever win, right? And, and by the time we get to the end of the series, we are really going to butt heads with that concept. And I, I think you've got the right idea, Haley. Like there's just, there's so many demons out there that it doesn't matter how many slayers there have been in the past and how effective they've been, there will always be more famous demons, which is good, honestly, because, you know, every once in a while, the show needs to stunt cast and bring in a famous demon for that name recognition. You know, there's no way for us to track this or know, but the Watcher's Council surely should be keeping track of every demon that the Slayer vanquishes, right? Because it's been hundreds and hundreds of years of them taking out demons, we assume. Clearly, like, you guys should have a notebook or something that, like, you know, like, that Legos, Balthazar, like, write it all down, the, Yeah, you know? the, the Watcher's Council has a big flaw, which is they're so old-fashioned they don't embrace technology, right? Like, maybe not at the time that, you know, Buffy season four is happening, but certainly nowadays, like, if we were to get a Buffy reboot, I would want to see the Watcher's Council using like big data and machine learning and like all these algorithms, like crunch the numbers and be like, okay, we're going to predict when the next demon's going to emerge. And like, <laughs> you know, they're going to be keeping track of all the different famous demons that are on earth and stuff and like have this massive operation. Or an amazing like Excel spreadsheet that just says like, yeah. like the Slayer's name, the date of which it was vanquished, the name of the demon, a little background about what it is and like closed, right? Case closed. Like that's just, that's what just they need. Just do better, watch. Council, I Please. Think that's what we're saying. The most basic tracking oh. is all we're asking for here. So thank you for everyone for your hot stakes. Uh, we love them. Uh, I think we got a big one next week, Kara. I don't think I'm ready for next week. Something big's happening next week, I think. I don't I don't remember which episode's next. So I will remain in ignorance for another few days. Enjoy. Um, ignorance is bliss. Thank you so much to our Buy Me a Coffee supporters, especially our chosen ones. Lizzie, Emma, Hannah, Molly, Teza, Alexandra, Kyle, Kayla, and Destiny. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and prophecy underscore girls on Twitter. You can also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca, where you can find the link to our Discord. Praise Moloch! See you next week!